Very thankful you're here in the house of the Lord. And very thankful that the promise is, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there will I be in the midst. And I believe the Lord is faithful to his promise. And I'm thankful that we can put our trust in the one who has made that promise and brings about the fulfillment of it again and again. What a great God that we serve. Amen. Jericho is our topic today, and uh, there's probably nothing I can add to what we already know about it, but I think it's good to refresh ourselves in the miracles that God has done. Good to remember that our Lord works in unconventional ways. You know, we get in our minds and in our heads, this has got to line up, this has got to be in place, this has got to happen, and uh, the Lord says, I can do it any way I want. <laughs> Amen. In fact, let's just, let's just brainstorm here real quick uh, in some of your knowledge of uh, stories in the Word of God. When did God work in an unconventional way? in a way that was thought not going to work and not how it's going to happen. What can, you, what can you remember? How the Lord, now Jericho obviously very unconventional, marching around the walls. What, what are some other instances? Brother Rick? The Red Sea? Uh, a wind? A wind, wind blows there all the time. You know, it's just part of convection of the, the land becoming heated, the water being cool, and the air is going to move. But this time, wow, amazing. Did you have one, Carlene? Oh, yeah, yeah, Gideon. All the way down to 300. That doesn't work very well, does it, Brother Perkins? No. <laughs> it's the more the merrier. But just 300. Uh, and, and then to just hold a lamp up and shout, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. Yeah, exactly. And there, there's, there's a water test there. The ones who cupped their hands and brought the water to their mouth, you know, and being vigilant, being attentive, being watchful. And uh, there's a water test that we have to go through <laughs> as well. So we can go on and name a whole bunch. How about Naaman? Seven ducks in a muddy pond. <clears throat> so, uh, the blind man, the man born blind, go wash. What? <laughs> but uh, the Lord just can do what he wants to do. And uh, for us to align ourselves with his plan is so much better. I, I look at Joshua 6 and 20, which is our focus verse, and uh, it says twice, the people shouted. Now, that was the command. March, six days, once a day, on the seventh day, march seven times and be quiet the whole time. Only the priests blowing the trumpet. 
And then on the seventh time, on the seventh day, shout. Now, I read a statement that in America, we have the right to remain silent. <laughs> but few have the ability. <laughs> well, that's probably what was going on here. How could they not say a word? How could they be quiet as they marched around the walls? How could they ignore the jeers and the garbage being thrown at them? And, you know, you can imagine all kinds of things that were going on as far as the uh, inhabitants of Jericho shouting insults and all kinds of uh, rigmarole that may have been going on. But they obeyed what God said, and they followed through in the way that they needed to. Now, here's what's amazing as well. As they shouted for victory, but up to this point, there had been a lot of murmuring. There had been a lot of complaints. There had been a lot of, uh, you know, criticizing Moses and Aaron and so on. And so they, they were vocal. But at this point, <clears throat> they had to obey and had to walk in the ways that they needed to. <clears throat> and uh, Jericho of course, came from uh, uh, a, a place of stability, a place of strength, but it didn't matter to God. It came down. Um, the space station that's orbiting, and the astronauts uh, stay there for months, a uh, pretty amazing thing. I don't think I would want to be confined in the space station and uh, eat my food out of tubes and so on. Uh, I wonder how rice would come out of a tube. Well, whatever. <clears throat> but as they're orbiting, they can see features uh, on Earth. And uh, you've probably seen pictures of uh, uh, Europe at night and how lit up it is. Uh, the United States, uh, how lit up it is at night and so on. Pretty incredible. One feature that is ancient that appears uh, from the space station is the Great Wall of China. They, they can see it, it's so big. They can see it from uh, space and how uh, high up they are. But over three centuries, 13,000 miles were built in the Great Wall of China. And uh, obviously, they, they were wanting to protect themselves from uh, um, uh, an invasion of the Mongols from the north. And so uh, they felt like, well, we're going to build this wall. And it had 25,000 towers for them to be able to observe and give warning if any approaching enemy was there. That's, that's an amazing feat, isn't it? Because this was done before modern technology, before um, any kind of mechanized uh, machinery could assist in raising the stones and, and uh, uh, transporting them wherever they needed to go and so on. But walls have been a means of defense for a long time. Hannibal, uh, is he the guy that uh, used elephants to transport his army or his material? 
<clears throat> and he was defeated at Rome because of the walls. And uh, he, he was turned back, even though he uh, had many campaigns and many victories over Roman garrisons and so on as he approached Rome. But um, uh, he, he was turned back because of the walls. So we know walls have, uh, have been a defensive mechanism and have kept enemies out. And unfortunately, the Iron Curtain is a wall that kept people in. And, um, and so when President Reagan challenged Gorbachev to tear this wall down, uh, that was quite a feat. And uh, then for the wall to come down, both figuratively and literally, uh, and the Germanys to be united and, and um, uh, Soviet Russia uh, dismantled, uh, pretty amazing geopolitical things that happened. And freedom, freedom being a foreign concept to many uh, of, of those people. And a generation that grew up without those freedoms. And now being able to step into that realm. Pretty, pretty incredible stuff. Now we look at fences, so to speak, boundaries. The Bible talks about boundaries. And uh, the Word of God admonishes us, understand why that boundary was put there before you start to dismantle it, before you try to remove it. Understand what is being done there or why it's there. And I think that's good advice because some boundaries are meant to keep things out and some boundaries are meant for protection to uh, keep those safe within. And, and uh, we'll, we'll look at that a little bit more as we move into the scriptures. Now, the spies <clears throat> that we saw creeping around here last Sunday, and uh, the spies that went to Jericho uh, were reminded by Rahab, of all people, a young lady in Jericho who reminded the spies of what happened 40 years before and said, your God parted the Red Sea. And, and we have been terrified of, of you approaching our city and, and our area. And uh, basically, she was bolstering them. She was building up their faith. And, um, and thankfully, uh, they could remember as well how powerful and how amazing uh, God is, because there was a new generation. Remember, the 40 years of wandering was to get rid of the unbelieving generation. So a new generation has come forth now in the Israelites. They didn't see the Red Sea part. They didn't see water come from a rock, all of these things. They had manna. The manna didn't cease until Israel crossed into Canaan land and uh, ate of the grain, and then uh, the manna stopped after being provided for 40 years. Uh, pretty, pretty incredible stuff. But here they are recognizing that God is going to bring the victory. And um, they uh, listen to the plan, and they determine that they're going to follow through and be uh, obedient to the plan of God. That, uh, that really is a key. 
for us to be obedient to what God says, to his direction. You know, I thought about uh, Galatians 5 that uh, makes mention of the works of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. And even the titles make a, a difference as to um, what we can expect, works of the flesh compared to fruit of the Spirit. And in, in my thinking, and probably in yours too, we're thinking, uh, oh, wow, um, uh, murder, um, idolatry, adultery, uh, any of those kinds of aspects, any of those kinds of things, I'm not going to do that. And uh, I'm not going to be involved in the 17 works of the flesh that are mentioned in Galatians 5 compared to the nine fruit of the Spirit. Uh, it's just pretty amazing how the Lord can, uh, can balance or overcome, overwhelm the aspects of the flesh. But my flesh still wants its own way. My flesh still prefers uh, to be in charge. And so, okay, I'm, I, I'm not committing murder. I'm, I'm not a drunkard. I'm not doing any of the things, you know, that the works of the flesh talk about in terms of being out in society and being an idiot. But what about my self-will? What about my, well, selfishness? Okay, that's got to be crucified too. And, um, and so often it's easy for me to say, I'm, I'm doing good. I'm, I'm okay. But I've got to look at the works of the flesh, and the works of my flesh, and be able to step into what God desires to do and, uh, and conform myself to his will. Because his will is what I've got to understand to be fulfilled. Somebody said, if you want to make God laugh, share your plans with him. <laughs> well, that's why, that's why James says, you need to say if God wills. And, uh, and that's why the Lord taught us to pray, thy will be done. And uh, thankfully, we're able to walk in that realm of obedience to the Lord. And our flesh wants to find loopholes for submission. And uh, loopholes are something uh, that we talk about as far as maybe taxes or politics or commitments or whatever. And um, we look for loopholes sometimes in our uh, commitment to the Lord. You know, if something's too costly or it's too hard or it's too unreasonable, and, um, and we, we just start drawing lines of, uh, I'm, my commitment goes this far, and then that's it. No, it's got to be completely surrendered to the Lord. Because the Lord pointed out there, and he's quoting from Isaiah, there are those who draw nigh to me with their mouth, and their lips are you know, saying, uh, words of commitment, but their heart, far from me. Now that's a problem. Because it's easy for us to say. It's easy for us to speak. And, um, uh, and, but to do? Hmm. 
That's more important. We've got a few minutes here. Turn, get the songbook out. Reach over there and grab you a songbook. Got to use these things every now and then. Turn to page 324. And here's, a, here's an old song from uh, the early 70s. I guess it's not that old. But um, it's, it's, uh, the, the title is kind of unique. I love him too much to fail him now. And uh, the first verse and the third verse are um, very strong, very committed. But the second verse, the second verse is the one I want you to take a look at. Because it's so easy to say, I told him, talking about Jesus, I loved him. It was easy to say, but harder to prove it when temptation came my way. Of what good are broken promises, I counted them but loss. When I caught a glimpse of true love hanging on a rugged cross. And, and, and it's got to be more than a glimpse. It, it's got to be a recognition of how much he gave, how great his commitment was, how amazing his sacrifice uh, was for us to find salvation so that we can say, I love you, Lord. I'm going to obey you, Lord. I'm going to follow you, Lord, and mean it. And, and, and be committed uh, to be able to walk in that realm and, and, uh, and to prove that love when temptation comes our way. Because the temptation can be anything. And because of our selfish nature, selfishness, as I mentioned, can, can come up so strong. And we've got to be able to uh, overcome and be uh, what he wants us to be. Speaking of overcoming, the Lord said, the meek shall inherit the earth. And those who hunger for righteousness shall be filled. The merciful shall obtain mercy. The pure in heart shall see God. The peacemakers shall be called the children of God. What's he saying? He's saying, if you meet these conditions, if you match up to what I'm, I'm telling you, then there's going to be the results that you're looking for and even beyond what you may have been expecting. And so uh, we, we, we call those the beatitudes sometimes, and, and um, our attitude obviously is very important here. But to understand if we do those things, the result is guaranteed. And uh, so <clears throat> the commitment of following through. So here they go. Uh, carrying the ark again, and the ark being very important because that's symbolic, right, of the presence of God. And uh, the priests put their feet in the water, carrying the ark. The waters of the Jordan stopped, all the way back up to the city of Adam. And, uh, oh, man, amazing. The 12 stones being picked up from the middle of the river, carried all the way to Gilgal, stacked in a heap, so that you can tell your children where those stones came from. <laughs> the next generation. The Lord is always concerned about the next generation. So now, 
The priests are carrying the ark. Other priests are blown on the trumpet. They walk around the city one time. Each for six days. And, um, and remember now, they've had a history of questioning, of murmuring, murmuring and complaining and saying, we need to select a captain and lead us back to Egypt. When we had leeks and onions and garlics and watermelons and fish freely, well, the waters of the Nile swallowed up their baby boys. They didn't remember that. Isn't that weird how our memory can be so selective? And um, the good old days can, can look almost attractive to us. And not the good old days, they're the bad days. Stay away from that. Amen. Don't be, don't be headed in that direction, but move into the realm that God has for us. So I, I, there, there were probably those who, who wonder. I'm, I mean, the tempter said, hath God said, you know, the questioning. And uh, more than likely, that was going on again. But complete obedience brought the miracle. And uh, God help us to be obedient to what the Lord desired and uh, to bring forth the victory that he has for us. Because the shouts of praise turned to war cries as they ran into the city and conquered it. And uh, so amazing how the Lord fulfilled it. And, uh, and the skeptics, the skeptics say, oh, that didn't happen uh, there, you know, the walls of Jericho were down years and years and years before uh, the Israelites came into the land and all of these different archaeological arguments and so on. But more archaeological digs have verified that um, the walls of Jericho did fall and the siege was not uh, long term, you know, the seven days and, uh, and so on. In fact, just recently, I, I, I saw a report that the pool of Bethesda was discovered under Jerusalem. So archaeologists, you know, I, I read a book a long time ago that said dead men do talk. And it was the idea of archaeology and uh, the different writings on the stones and so on that have um, verified what the scriptures say and have come about with the idea that, okay, it did happen. It did take place. And, um, and of course, they were uh, supposed to follow through. Uh, Achan is probably uh, another lesson, but we, we know some didn't follow through, and that created a problem. Um, Lord, help us to do what we're supposed to do in following through with obedience and not coming up with our own plan, our own idea. And uh, Achan, you know, you, uh, I'll go ahead and step in that realm a little bit, even though it may be the next lesson. I don't know. Who's got the next lesson? Is it Achan? Oh, good. So I can, I can tread on his, his topic. He may have thought, there's so much here. Who's going to miss this garment? Who's going to miss this wedge of silver? You know, I can keep a little bit for myself. I'll bury it in my tent. Nobody will know. But uh, unfortunately, 
it created a problem for the whole nation. And uh, God help us to do our part. Amen. We may think it only affects us. We may think it's you know, nobody's business but mine. But, oh my, uh, it has the potential to impact way beyond our, uh, what's between our elbows or what's between our ears. And, uh, and we've got to be careful. And, of course, it didn't turn out good for Aiken either. Uh, so uh, being ready and being uh, understanding is where we've got to be uh, to follow through with complete obedience so that there's complete provision. Let's take a moment and look at 2 Corinthians 10 and 4. If there are strongholds, and the devil's good at doing that, isn't he? He's good at building those strongholds and, and uh, people innocently uh, experiment or try or, you know, get involved in things um, and, and start out, you know, small. But the stronghold gets built up fast and the devil locks people into those addictions and substances and, and experiences and uh, games and websites and all of that stuff. By the way, um, you've heard me say it before, let me say it again. Web and net are descriptions of online stuff. Stay out of the, don't get caught in the web and the net. I mean, use it, it's a great tool. Amen. Brother Levi has uh, just about completed that work with uh, getting the Bible studies all in one site, all in one place, so that you can access it real fast. We'll have him um, talk about that in one of our services. But um, it, it's good stuff. But don't get caught in the net or the web. Amen. Because uh, those strongholds, can, uh, that the devil uh, captures people in are, are, are difficult. Too hard for the Lord? No, no. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. Hmm. I like that. To the pulling down of those strongholds. Praise God. So the Lord's grace the Lord's love, the power of his spirit, the, uh, the impact of his blood. Oh, my. You've got all kinds of resources that you can access. And victory. Victory is yours. Now, James 4, 7 and 8. It, uh, Brother Aaron, if you could put those up. We want to we wanna take a look at James 4. 7 and 8, because there are some action verbs. Verbs are action. Um, but there are, there are steps that you've got to take. And uh, it's very plain <clears throat> what the Scripture is admonishing you to do. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. And uh, that submission uh, in, uh, to the Lord is very important. Then, resist the devil. 
Don't welcome him. Don't make him comfortable. Resist him. Amen. Resist the devil. And look at that. He will flee. Then instead of running after him, draw nigh to God. And there again is, is the accompanying positive. He will draw nigh to you. Praise God. What a situation. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. So there's, there's the situation we've got to deal with. And, uh, and we have to make that personal. We don't, we don't say, Brother Greg, look at that. This is what you need to do. Oh, this is what I need to do. Submit. Resist. Draw nigh. Cleanse. Purify. That's my job. That's what I've got to do. That's what I've got to follow through on. And then, wow, the results that we're looking for, the blessings that we want, the encouragement that God can give to us. Hallelujah. The victory that comes forth. It works. It works, doesn't it? Amen. Now, uh, was there something said about rebuilding Jericho? Jericho was destroyed. And Joshua said something about the one who rebuilds it. In other words, don't do it. Don't follow through on it. Yes, Carlene. They did. First Kings 16 and 34. First Kings 16 and 34. Uh, take a look at that, Brother Aaron. First Kings 16 and 34. Now, the way it said, it, it could be construed that uh, it, it's only in the time of those sons. It doesn't mean they were sacrificed. But it was a practice among heathen nations to make a sacrifice of your child when you were endeavoring to do something of, of, of lasting or of endurance, you know, of, of something you wanted to last. And they felt that sacrificing their, their children um, was to satisfy the idols that they served. So this passage mentions this man's two sons. And um, when the, the um, oh, this is not the one I need. 16, 1634, sorry. <clears throat> so um, the idea here, then he laid the foundation in Abiram, his firstborn. He set up the gates his youngest son, Segub. And uh, it makes reference back to, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Joshua, the son of Nun. So this man is understood to have sacrificed his sons in order to rebuild Jericho. And we know there, there was a Jericho. Um, uh, blind Bartimaeus is healed on on the way to Jericho, and, uh, and so on. So we know there's one that was there.
But amazing that this man, maybe he didn't know uh, about the curse that uh, Joshua spoke. And, or maybe he was so committed to his, the idols that he served that he was willing to sacrifice his own children as a result. Uh, talk about foolhardy and, and uh, poor choices just to establish himself as uh, I'm the one who built Jericho. Now, let's apply it spiritually and go to Galatians 2.18. Galatians 2.18, Brother Aaron, important for us to take a look at, because Paul is saying, if I build what I once destroyed, okay, when, when we come to the Lord, we do away with a lot of things, things that are harmful, things that don't benefit, things that are negative. We do away with those things, and that's called repentance. Praise God. But there's the temptation to rebuild or to come back to those things that we did away with, that we repented of, that we didn't want to be a part of our lives anymore. If we do that, however, what's the result? I make myself a transgressor. Now, Paul, in Galatians, we know he, he's dealing with the law. And he admonishes, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. You don't go back to that garbage. Don't go back to that mess. It's not going to help you. It's not going to benefit you. It's not going to be something that you can uh, understand is going to uh, be a benefit to anybody else. So uh, we stand strong in the commitments that we make to the Lord. Chapter 4, verse 9 of Galatians is related to this as well. And uh, the way it describes those things that are a temptation to return to, they're weak and they're beggarly. They're not going to help you. They're not going to benefit you. They're not going to be a, a, a something you can be proud of. Stay away. Continue on the direction that God has for you. Walk in obedience to his word. Follow after him and know the blessings that he's provided. Don't go back to the weak and beggarly elements of this world. Amen. Now, again, we understand Paul very strong about stepping away from the law and moving into the grace of Jesus Christ. But I think this applies to all of us. I'm not going to go back to that trash. I'm not going to go back to that garbage. I'm going to stay where God wants me to stay and, in fact, move into the realm that the Lord would have for us. Praise God. There's a story about a, uh, a farmer who uh, had uh, an old well on his property, and the well was dry, and um, his donkey was wandering around in the area of the well and fell in. Poor donkey down in the bottom of the well. 
the well's dry, but he's, um, he's stuck down there. And the farmer, of course, tries to get his donkey out because he, he, needs, he, he needs his livestock. He needs it to carry and, and work and, and so on. And he tries and tries and tries to get the poor donkey out, but he can't get him out of the well. It's tight, it's uh, deep, and uh, he can't figure out how to, how to rescue his donkey. So he decides, well, I guess I better just put an end to it. I, can't, I don't want to see it suffer. So he starts throwing dirt down on it. He's going to bury it. I don't know how that, that's merciful, but that's what he did. The donkey has all of this dirt cascading down on him, and he shakes it off, and he stomps it down. And the farmer keeps trying to bury him, and pretty soon the level of the donkey has come up, and the farmer is able to rescue him. That's a cute story. I, I don't know if it actually happened or not. But when the devil starts to throw dirt on you, when the devil tries to bury you, you, you just shake it off. And remind him about the pit that he's going to. A bottomless pit. Praise God. And he's going to be locked up in there. Okay, one more scripture. Psalm 40 and verse 2. I don't know what Jericho looked like when the walls collapsed and they <clears throat> went in and conquered it. It's probably... Uh, just a, a jumble, probably just a, a pile of debris and trash, and, you know, it didn't look very good. That's terrible. But look at what the Lord has done for you. Look at, look at the, uh, the pit that he's rescued you from. The miry clay that he brought you out of. Praise God. Now, when, when it's stated that way, a horrible pit, a miry clay, uh, when, when it's stated like that, uh, it, it doesn't make any sense to go back to it. But yet the devil has a way of making it look attractive, making it look like it's okay. You can, you can indulge yourself. You can, you know... You can justify yourself. You can excuse yourself. No, remember, it was a horrible pit. And the miry clay of sin sucked me down, and I could not get out. But he rescued me. Praise God. He lifted me. And that's what I've got to uh, commit myself to again and again. And stay on that rock. Praise God. Not the quicksand, not the, uh, uh, the sinking sand of, of man's understanding or philosophy or ideas and so on. No, I've, I've got to go his way. And he establishes us. Praise God. There's paths of righteousness for his namesake. And that's, that's where he leads me.
still waters, green pastures. Praise God. A table in the wilderness, for crying out loud. <laughs> in the presence of my enemies. But that's what he does. My cup runs over. Goodness and mercy following me all the days of my life. And then here's what I've got to do. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Praise God. See, I've, I've got to make that determination of obedience. When he's leading, I've got to follow. He leads me. He leads me, David said. And then, you know, and we know David got in trouble when he didn't follow the Lord. He followed his own inclinations. Well, I've got to make sure I'm following the Lord and be directed by him because he, he's, he's the one who knows the end from the beginning. And uh, that's, that's where I want to be. That's where I want to go. Praise God. And be lifted up in the Lord. What was that? Was the trumpet of the Lord that sounded? <laughs> We're all still sitting here. Ho, oh, oh, ho, God, help us. <laughs> Better be ready. Amen. Now, here again, um, that, uh, that sounds kind of odd. You know, the, the dead in Christ are going to rise first. We which are alive and remain are going to be caught up. What? How is that going to happen? And the skeptics and the scorners uh, laugh at your faith and your belief in that. But when the Lord said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Amen. It hadn't rained. There hadn't been a flood. Noah, what are you doing? Why are you building that monstrosity? And uh, for over 100 years, he stayed with it. And then the Lord shut the door. And the rain began to fall. And the underground currents of rivers and so on came to the surface. And the water level quickly rose. Well, the Lord's going to bring his word to pass. And that's what we've got to be ready for. Amen. To have the blessing of the Lord and the touch of God in our lives. Amen. I want us to pray right now. We'll pray for Sister Donna. She's ministering in in uh, Homer today and we're going to pray the Lord bless her and use her and we're going to pray God help me to be ready help me Lord to really seriously genuinely desire to be ready and let it change whatever has to be changed in my life so that I can be ready let's pray oh Lord Jesus thank you oh God for your promises thank you oh God for your mercy your grace. Thank you, Lord, for the power of a new birth to make a difference in our lives. Help us to continue in that realm. Help us to be ready for your coming. Help us, Lord Jesus, to be obedient to your plan, to your word, to follow through again and again with the direction that you establish for us. Oh, God, that we can walk with you in the power of your spirit, denying this flesh, crucifying this flesh, so that we could be in your power, in your presence, Lord. Help us to be ready. Bless Sister Donna today. Use her in a special way, God, as she ministers in Homer. Anoint her, God. Direct her, God. Empower her, Lord. And let there be those who would hear and be willing to receive 
and let their lives, I pray God, be encouraged and uplifted, that they too can be ready, obedient, Lord God, to your plan and to your word. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness today. Praise your wonderful name. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being